T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome in to Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Thanks so much for listening. Wherever and whenever you're listening, it's probably beer o'clock, and we've got a lot of good stuff coming up for you right here on the podcast starting right now. Welcome back into Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. And uh, we are here to give you as much normalcy as we can as Yay! we continue on through the coronavirus 2020, COVID 19, 2020 hellscape that we are in in uh, the world right I, now i heard somebody say the other day i thought it was quite funny they were like what i think you might i think you might have been a part of this so i might be saying it wrong because big Sook might have said this on the radio yesterday if you say you have coronavirus you don't have coronavirus but if you say you have covid19 you've probably got covid19 <laughs> <laughs> i don't remember that at all so that's a good way to put it yeah I have coronavirus. No, you don't. Shut up, loser. I have COVID-19. Oh, God, are you okay? Back away six feet and, like, maybe go <laughs> to a into doctor. a bubble and never leave your home. Well, leave in, like, three months. But, you know, just back away. Back away. Uh, we're laughing about diseases and Well, we're trying and... to bring levity to the situation. I don't think we're laughing at it. We're laughing with it. Ha, ha, ha. I am the Count Von Two, three. Three slaps. Ha, ha, ha. Great Dave Chappelle bit. Um, all right. So we're going to try to bring some normalcy to you like we did last week. Um, we both got a little bit open last week. We opened some emotional doors about what, what's uh, been going on in our lives. And um, hopefully that was uh, enjoyable, question mark, or at least you learned more about us in that sense. Uh, we are going to be talking about this because it is topical. And so even though it is some normalcy and we are going to be drinking some beers here in a moment, um, there is still a lot to talk about in re regards to the pandemic that is currently happening. And that is the topic of the podcast today is it's kind of funny because we did this a year ago, the future of breweries in Portland, <laughs> but we didn't. Things are different. Yeah, things are different. So it's the, <coughs> and I'm going to die. Uh, things are different now. Quite different. And when we say the future of breweries in Portland, we don't mean like, Who's opening? Who's closing? What beers? We mean, what on earth is the brewery scene going to look like, or, or even just the restaurant and bar scene going to look like once this is over? Obviously, there's a lot of questions based around that that include um, when we can start doing these things again. We don't know, but that'll be part of the conversation about length of time that it takes to get back to living life in a somewhat normal way. Uh, but that's what we're going to talk about on the podcast today. And... Uh, you know, keep in mind over the next month or two or however long this is going to be, this will be a topic of conversation on mm -hmm. the podcast because it's having an effect daily and it's changing daily. Yeah, it 100% it, it directly affects 
everything we want to talk about. On exactly. Exa- almost everything. We can still get beers mm-hmm. and we can still drink them like we did last mm-hmm. week. Um, but we can't go to pubs. We can't go talk to people. Yeah, I mean, we could go. You know, we've got something in the works for next week. Possibly we could go there. But how That's exciting be, is that? Yeah, that'll be more of a phoner than anything, I yeah. think. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll tell you about that next week when we do it. But um, that is... That's more of like a, it's a story based thing about a brewery who opened like a week before everything shut down. Yeah. So, um, we'll probably be getting to that, but, uh, anyway, so follow us on social media, Instagram.com slash beers and us is where you can find the podcast on Instagram. Patrick did a cool post of a business card. He found yeah. uh, a little sad, like a bittersweet post, I guess. Was, is a good yeah. Way to put it, it. I, I was cleaning out, uh, I was cleaning out. I mean, I've got this giant list of things I can do around my house and I'm getting ready to move. So like. Cleaning, thinning out some stuff, downsizing is kind of the topic of the conversation right now. And I found this, I keep this stack in a drawer of business cards from like the thousands of people that I've met in the beer industry. And I was cleaning out through some of them and I was like, okay, well, I have this person's phone number. I know this person personally. I can get rid of these. Uh, And then I found one that was probably the first time I ever went to Berlick drink. And I got a business card from some guy who I'd never met, and that was the great Jim Parker. And I just thought that was a cool thing. I don't, obviously, you know, with his passing, that that card doesn't really give a lot of value in terms of information, but it was kind of like a cool sentimental thing, and I did not throw it away. Good. I kept it. Good. Yeah. That's a good so thing. So I thought that was, kind of, that was kind of fun. So that you could see that on Instagram.com slash beers on us, and we do other posts there as well. Uh, personal pages. I am at Mike Lynch 27 on Twitter. If you'd like to follow me there, Patrick's at P Diddy 085 on Instagram for his personal page. And then the podcast is almost everywhere. You can find podcasts, Apple podcasts, Google play radio.com, Tinny to the fan.com, Stitcher, Omni, other various sites, not Spotify. You, you cannot find us on Spotify. Um, Wherever you do find us, though, leave us a subscription or a rating or a review or anything that you uh, feel like giving us because it helps us know if you're enjoying it. And I think it also just helps in general. So uh, keep those coming in. If you uh, if you have not done those yet and you are interested in doing that, please feel free. It helps us out greatly. Um, we'll get to the topic of the day in a moment, but we can be wise. Mm hmm. I know you've been slaving away at the crawler machine and you've been working seven days a week, basically, and just kind of going crazy because you got to keep your job. Yeah. 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 I know it's one of those it's one of those things. I don't know how to, like, explain this without sounding like a jerk, but I'll give it a shot. It's it's really amazing that I still have a job like it really is. And it's invigorating and it's empowering to do everything I can in my power to help keep our business afloat. But man, I'm kind of jealous of some of you guys out there. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Just kind of hanging out and, you know, doing the thing. I mean, obviously the financial situation is 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 dire and I, you know, I don't mean to poke fun at that. But uh I had my first day off on Tuesday. Um it was the anniversary with me and the ladies, so we got to spend the evening together and that was quite nice. Um but yeah, I mean, it's like what am I going to do? Sit at home? Like yesterday, I wasn't supposed to work, quote unquote, and I went in and made 80 crawlers in like two and a half hours because I was like, or I could sit at home and do nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been, so it's been, it's been very nice. You know, um, the, the, the team at Breakside for them to keep me on has been as, you know, I feel it, it's an honor, you know, it, 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 it inspires me to continue to work harder and think about the future and how to improve the place. So yeah, that's, that's been nice. Have you Done anything interesting weekend beer wise, or has it been Breakside, 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 Marvel, Breakside, Breakside, Breakside? <laughs> well, no Marvel movies. Oh, that's right. right. Now. You finished them. Yeah. Um, well, I still got to watch Spider Man Far From Home. Um, 
Uh, not really. I mean, I did trade. <laughs> it's so funny because like, I feel like I'm black marketing here. I traded a crowler of Cuddle Puddle for a 16-ounce can of Sticky Hands mm. that's like two weeks old. So it's like sitting in my fridge. I think I'm going to drink it tonight. I'm really excited because... Tasting other people's beers right now is really fun. <laughs> it's really fun. I love our beer to death, and I'm very fortunate that I get to drink our beer all day, every day. Uh, but yeah, I'm really excited to drink that sticky hands in my fridge just to be like, whoo, someone else's <laughs> recipes. You know what's going to be nice about this for a lot of people mm -hmm. is that when we get back, mm -hmm. the beer is going to taste so much better because I think... Even if you're taking advantage of the to-go ordering or the deliveries mm -hmm. options that people have, even if you're taking advantage of that, you're not going to all the places you normally would go. Right. You're not getting all the beer you'd normally get. So when it when it goes back to normal, it's going to be like, oh, I haven't had this brewery for four months. <laughs> oh, yes. Yep. Well, I miss this beer. <laughs> funny thing, I don't mean to derail us too much on this, but I was chatting with my buddy Todd, who works up at Cerveza, and he he's worried that when we do come back, there's going to be no fresh hoppy beer around. If people are not brewing, he's worried that when we come back, we're not going to have fresh hoppy beer. Well, it does sound like people are still brewing, right? I, I think so. I mean, I, I we are, but I don't know. But I think a lot of that is because we have our packaging line, so we can put everything in bottles. You know, everything's been moved to bottles now because you can't sell any draft. Right. So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see. <clears throat> Let's cross that bridge when we get there. Yeah. It's uh, it's certainly, it's going to be weird. It is weird. It's going to be weird. But um, let's let's try to dissect this a little bit more. I didn't have anything really in my weekend beer. I had a couple of beers on Sunday uh, that I don't particularly remember what I, what I had, mm -hmm. so I guess not super memorable. I did uh, have a really fun uh, virtual happy hour yesterday with Patrick Shields, a friend of the show. Been on the show, I think, episode four, maybe our first on location. It was our first on location. Yeah, yeah. he was at Stormbreaker at the time. He's at Prost now. Uh, got a virtual thing with some Stormbreaker people and uh, some other people from across the country that he knew, and that was kind of fun. We just drank some beers and BS'd. And on, was, like, FaceTime, right? Yeah, on FaceTime. It, it was pretty cool. And I finished this thousand piece uh, Empire Strikes Back puzzle. There you go. Yeah. I started it with the lady on Tuesday. Put in, uh, put it, I was working on it while I was on the virtual happy hour for maybe like an hour and a half. And then last night I stayed up till 145 and finished it. Wow, one forty-five. Yeah. You were bragging yesterday about how you were going to sleep before 12. I know, I know. It was the first, <laughs> it's, it's the latest I've been up in a, in a while. But I finished it. Drank some rainbows and unicorns, drank some Stay West, had a crowler of Cuddle Puddle, <laughs> called it a day. Uh, I finished Tiger King mm -hmm. this weekend, the crazy documentary on Netflix that right. everyone's talking about, which is insane, and you should watch it if you haven't yet. Uh, I am in the middle of Schitt's Creek, which is the Netflix show, right? and uh, I can say that because it's the name of a, of a TV program. Booyah. And uh, I also started continuing to watch The Expanse on Amazon Prime, which uh, yeah. is based on the book series The Expanse which I've read the first three of, and the first three seasons are based on the books that I've read. So I'm going to watch up until season three nice. and then read book four. Um, so that's kind of, I've just been watching TV, playing some Call of Duty. Uh, I, that's my life right now. I am almost to WrestleMania 15. I'm really oh, excited about this. Are you watching them all? Yes, yes. I am, uh, let's see, because I have the network, I've been watching all the Raws and then the pay-per-view and then the Raws and then the pay-per-view like in, in chronological order. Um, Stone Cold is about to fight The Rock. Mm. Uh, the Rock is a bad guy right now. Mm. This is 99. So it's early in his career. Yeah, Paul White just showed up. 
<clears throat> he, otherwise, who otherwise known as The Big Show. Ah, I do know who that just is. Just made his WWF debut, and he is McMahon's crony. He is slated to be the special guest referee mm. at WrestleMania for The Rock and Stone Cold, but also, so is Mankind. Okay. He got it, too. My brain is flatlining now. Yeah, so I'm really excited <laughs> about that, because WrestleMania this year is going to be a dud. And... Uh, <clears throat> So, yeah, I'm going to watch the 99 WrestleMania. I don't remember who wins, so that's really exciting. I don't remember if Stone Cold beats The Rock. Yeah, I don't remember. It'll be cool. You will find out. I know. I'm really excited. I can tell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's cool. Um, all right. Let's let's uh, let's dive into the topic of the day, of the week, of the month, and that is what on earth is the industry going to look like when we get back from the coronavirus? And I'm not really sure where to start on that because we don't know how long it's going to be right. That's the biggest question. And I think that's the best place to start because otherwise we're just kind of spinning our wheels without any sort of knowledge. So mm. there's a couple of ways you can look at this. You can follow the idea of, uh, our president who says Easter Sunday, which yeah. is April 12th. I believe <laughs> it's in like two weeks. It's in two weeks. <laughs> I mean, it is funny, but he is the president. So I suppose he could mandate that it's in some way, shape or form. Um, you could go with what some of the sports leagues are saying, and that is May. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are shooting for Memorial Day. Right. Rob Manfred with baseball came out yesterday. He's shooting for Memorial Day. So very late May, early June, somewhere mm -hmm. around there. Or, you know, if we continue to struggle testing and people are not staying at home, this could stretch into like August, yeah, September. I, I think people are saying that eventually this the virus will kind of take a dip just because of weather and time of year and stuff mm -hmm. like that. But that that could be like longest term. That makes sense to me. I mean, I guess if you want to go even longer is until the vaccine comes out, which could be 12 months. Right. 12 to 18. Right. I mean, so it's already been being worked on for a couple of months mm -hmm. now, but you know, it could be next year if you want to go that far. I don't think it's going to be that long because a, that would destroy the economy. But um, so let's start with the simple two weeks, two months or end of the summer. And there's different kind of things that we will be able to start with kind of there. Yeah. And I, I, th I think the real, the real person to look at right now is governor Brown. Um, she came out after El Presidente said, you know, Easter, she kind of came out and made a decree that was like, just because he says that's the end date doesn't necessarily mean we will do that. I think she actually said his statement does not trump our statement ah i see what <laughs> you ding, did ding. <laughs> um so governor brown i think i think she is she is playing it a little more i think she's a little more loose than say california or washington are right now but she's definitely paying very close attention to it and her four weeks would when she instilled four weeks that would push us right about easter sunday couple days after that i think would be four weeks yeah, i think april 15th was the day they were yeah, saying something like that but i don't think she believes it and you know i'm no doctor but i don't believe it either i don't think we're back in two weeks i don't think things are normal in two weeks by any means i could see maybe you know you could have a counter on how many people are in your place i could see something like that but even stipulations like that i think i i like the idea of memorial day and i think best case scenario of things getting back to to normal we kind of talked about this last night on our baseball show is i think all-star break which is like mid-july i think that's just a natural kind of time period that would put us mid-march to mid-july um that's what four months yeah something like that and i think 
I think that is a little more realistic thing. Plus, you're in the middle of summer, which would be a huge boom to the local economy, especially beer, in terms of all the great patios and the the bottle shops and the tap rooms with outdoor seating and stuff like that. I could see that as a little more of a realistic timeline. Because we're still surviving right now. Right. That's what I Most think. Most places are. Most places. Well, I, I don't I don't mean business-wise. I mean, like, personally. Like, people-wise. People aren't... You know, no one's taken to the street with guns yet, and nobody is really looting places yet. So we, we're we doing okay, at least in Portland so far. I haven't been downtown. I hear downtown's a night, or like, like a scary movie sort of thing. But I think for the most part, we're doing okay. And if we're doing okay, I could see the gov, I could see her prolonging this for extra precautions. Because we haven't seen... I mean, we'll get we can get to the Laurelwood aspect in a second, but we haven't really seen any breweries that are saying, "Okay, we're going to go under." We haven't really seen that yet. People like drastically scared, at least on the surface, that they might lose their company. So I think, like I keep saying, we're in a safe spot right now. You know, we've limited the social gathering, or we've eliminated social gatherings. There's the distancing. You're seeing like the hotbeds for the spreads of these are basically grocery stores because it's where everybody is right now. And you're seeing them take precautions like new seasons. You got to stand outside and wait your turn to get in. And they've got dots everywhere on the floor, at least the new seasons by Slabtown. You've got dots on the floor like you can stand here and the next dot is six feet away. So like we're taking these precautions and I think people are working on it. And so, so far, I think we're okay. So let, let's just say, though, for the two, let's say two weeks, we come back, right? Okay. And let's ignore the virus because, you know, that could obviously come back at that point and be mm. bad again. Let's just say two weeks. We We're go back by, in business. We're back and it's mostly normal. Is the effect large in this city for the breweries and the restaurants and the bars? Are there closures still or is that quick enough where almost everyone will be able to open back up and be able to function obviously at a loss for the last month but function normally in two weeks yeah i think so because that would be about a month of a break i think i think most people would be okay because we've we've i've said this on this podcast before i really worry about the small guys i really worry about the assemblies and the thresholds and the montevillas and the places like that that you know brewery 26 who just opened a tap room you know i i worry about those small places that closing your tap room like they rely on that. They they can't, you know, like we at Breakside, like we're not doing awesome. I'm not saying that, but we, we're surviving right now without our normal business at our pubs. I don't know if those guys can because that's basically your main generation of revenue. You're not making enough beer to spread yourself all across the city to make that money. So you're relying on your neighborhood clientele to come in and buy beers. In two weeks, I think those guys will be fine. I think if things opened up in two weeks, this would almost be like nothing happened. Right. I don't think I don't think the reality, you know, I don't mean I know we're trying to talk virus outside, but yeah, I'm just I, that's, I'm just thinking pure business. That's yeah, why I business it up standpoint. Way. I think if we open if everything opened back up in two weeks, I think the market would get flooded. I think everyone would be out in droves. And I don't know if that's the safest thing, just because I don't think people would be hesitant. I think everyone would kind of go back to how we were in early March, going out all the time, right. staying late at bars, spending the money we don't have, blah, blah, blah. Um, now, move this on to another month and a half, another two months, 
to Memorial Day, I think we could see some people lose it. And in your mind, what kind of percentage would that be? So two months. We've already seen some places have just closed up shop. Like they're mm-hmm. not doing to-go orders. They're not yeah. doing to-go I mean, beer. Freem is completely closed. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, what percentage of places roughly do you think would not be able to reopen if Memorial Day is the time we're, we're shooting for? I think we could see 10%, you know. And All who, things considered, that's not so bad. That's but not still, so bad. That's, that could be one of your favorite places. That's mm-hmm. just a small place. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, I, I could see 10%. We could also just see somebody having to be closed for a little longer just to play catch up, you know, or people just saying, Hey, look, this beer's old. I know it is, but I got it. I got to sell this beer. Right. So I, I think we could see 10%. If we push this to mid July, I think that number is going to go up significantly. I think it could get to like 30%. I think we just have a lot of really small places, not just in this town, but all over the state. That rely on draft, you know, like let, let's take Barley Browns, for example. I don't know if they're open or closed. I don't know what they're doing out in Baker City, but that place, Baker City is a very tiny town. There's not much going on there. It's hard to imagine the brewery would stay afloat just based off that town. But Pallet Jack is in every tap room in every bar in the state of Oregon. They need it to open. I, I don't know their financial situations. I'm just using them as an example. But I would think come July, like they're they can't be in a good spot with all that draft missing. They don't package their beers. So the only way you drink their stuff is in a tap room or a bar. So I can't imagine what the outlook looks like for them come mid July. A place like them, I mean, they've been around for so long. Mm-hmm. They're a staple. They're an institution in this state. Maybe they have enough of a safety net where they could survive that. That's what you would hope. That's what you would hope. I mean, Tyler's a very smart guy. And again, I'm not speaking for him. I'm, I, I don't know anything. I'm just spitballing here, using them as an established brewery in a small town. Um, I, I, I think they've got smart people out there, and I think they know what they're doing, that, that they would survive. But that's, that's where the line starts coming in. You know, someone like Deschutes, who I know just laid off 30% of their workforce, um, you know, they're still distributing nationwide. You can still go to a Plaid Pantry. You can still go to a Fred Meyers and and buy their product. You can't do that with some of these other breweries. Okay, and then we get to the, the farthest part then, the farthest time, which is August, September. Yeah. I mean, so you're saying so 10%, maybe 30%, it could get even worse than that? Or, or do you think the peop- do you think the places that have the stability to stay open at this point, it's it would take a lot for them to close over a certain amount of time. Yeah, it's tough. I think I think also some of it is you know what what does the state do? You know, does the state come in and and you know enforce some sort of surplus when it comes to like rent? Because that's a big thing. I mean, not all these places own their buildings. You know, so that's true. So if, if you see Cheesecake Factory is going to start yeah, in April, they're like, yeah, we're not paying rent. Yeah. Yeah. And, <clears throat> you know, I, I know that there's this no eviction thing going on in town, but unless unless the state says that rent is suspended or you don't have to pay it, you still have to pay it when everything goes back to normal. So I think that's where it comes interesting. I think if we really stretch it out to August, September, I think people's business models are going to see a drastic change you're gonna have to find a way whether it's you go to counter service to begin to just get a little stimulus in or you move out of the location you're in if you're not brewing on site do you go move to a smaller place like i i 
I, again, I don't know anything. I'm spitballing here, but Slabtown's a big place. I know this because I work there now, and you know, and a few people come in to order food and beer to go. You know, can a place that size be sustainable for that long, or do you start thinking about well, how do we, how do we minimize our space? How do we minimize our footprint to say to cut costs? Again, I don't know anything. I'm just spitballing, using it as a giant. But look, look at the shoots. That place is massive. That place is a huge place. It's gorgeous in there, but they they that can't sustain. No, if 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 what we're if we're living in a to-go, especially in the Pearl District, yeah, right? if we're living in a to go only world right now, which we are, and say this does go till August September, that's a whole lot of space you're paying for with no return on. How do you justify that? Yeah, that's going to be really interesting. I, I don't, I don't have any answers for it. That's why I'm merely asking the questions. But and I think downtown is quiet. Yeah, I think, I think people in the outliers, you know, like I know the, I know the Barrelit guys are doing deliveries, and you have your, you know, your little pockets of your breweries and other places that are probably doing okay in the neighborhood. Like Decom is doing really well because that neighborhood has come out in droves to support them. But nobody's going downtown. Nobody's working right now. Right. I can't imagine what the sales at Von Ebert or, or you know, Ten Barrel or Backwoods, Backwoods or... to shoots that kind of stuff. It's got to be pretty rough down there. So, and you know, that's where the highest rents are. So. Exactly. So you know, look at some, and then you can look at somebody like a Ten Barrel. And does Ten Barrel sustain through this and just hemorrhage money? I mean, I don't know if they are. Again, spitballing. Could Ten Barrel just hemorrhage money and Anheuser Busch just back them? You know, it's like, okay, you're in the red, you're in the red, but this is still a future spot that we've invested all this money in and we have all this equipment there and the location is phenomenal. Do we just, as a massive multi-billion dollar company, trillion dollar company in AB InBev, do we just eat the cost of this tiny little pub and pump it back up when it, when things get back to normal? I guess that's that's... I would expect that. I suppose that's what I would expect too. Uh, I mean, they've got billions of dollars that they could do that for all of their properties across the country that are being affected by this. Because I'm sure almost all of them are being affected largely by it. So, I mean, in that case, then sure, the big beer guys will survive, right? And I think for a lot of people, that'd probably be a negative if the little beer guys, quote unquote, or the craft beer went away, right? Right, because they couldn't sustain. On the flip side, trying to be a little positive about this because it's a lot of doom and gloom at the moment. Is there anything that we've learned? from what's happening now that could actually stick around once stuff returns to somewhat normal. Will breweries actually be okay with like doing beer to go and crawlers more frequently or in a different system or even the delivery thing? I know that's weird because the OLCC had to agree right. that you could do that at the moment, but does that stay in, in business? Like, is there anything that, that, I mean, you can use breakside as an example or that you've heard from people that, is actually working in this that people might want to keep around. I mean, I love the, you mentioned the delivery. I love that concept. I think I've always said this, the craft beer biz, we like police ourselves. We basically police ourselves. We don't want minors drinking in our pubs. We don't want people being overserved. We don't want drunken fights and stuff like that. I would love to see the delivery option stick. I think that would be great. I don't know how profitable it would be. If you could find a way to like say, okay, we do all our deliveries on Tuesdays and Fridays, so it's not like every day. If you found a way like that, if you worked around the system, that could work. What I think, what I think would be the best option for everybody is finding is I, I think everybody right now is finding new ways to get your product out of the door that's not in a keg. And that is what I think will be 
the biggest thing we learned from all this, whether it's people buying crowler machines or people buying packaging lines or spending the extra money on craft canning coming in and doing some runs on your stuff. I think that is what we will learn that we cannot rely on bars to sell our beer. I think we've, I think everybody's gone by and we have all the, the great hardworking salespeople that are pounding pavement every single day to get their kegs into different places. We've seen that it's oversaturated. The market is, and you really have to push if you're a small up and coming brewery to get your beer into somewhere. I think if anything we learn from this is we cannot rely on bars. You have to rely on the consumer taking it home. And how can you get it to the consumer at home? And I don't think growlers are sustainable. I, I don't love growlers. I, I would love to get away from growlers. And we're seeing it now. They go bad in the day. They go bad in the day. And we're seeing it right now. Nobody is filling outside growlers. They're only filling their factory-sealed in-house growlers. Why? Because growlers are disgusting. Because think about it. You, my, my buddy Dan was gave me this example the other day. You open a growler, you pour it into a glass, okay? And then you take a sip from that glass, and you're drinking that glass, drinking that glass, and then you pour more back into that glass where your dirty mouth has been on the lips, of on the rim of your glass, which is now touching the, the rim of the growler. And you do that, what, four times? And then... Does everybody wash it with soap and water? No. No. I mean, I don't even wash it with soap because I don't want the residual soap in there. I just do a really quick, like, not quick, but a, a thorough hot water rinse multiple times through it, and then a cold water rinse to cool it down. And that, that'll keep it clean, but it's not disinfected. Right. So if we start living in a world where we are so conscious about sanitation, I would love to see growlers just go bye-bye. Well, the crawlers are better anyway. They're 100 percent better. It's the same idea, just yeah. actually sealed. And you know, once you open it, you have to drink it. But and but it's a smaller amount. Two yeah. pints is way more, right. way more accessible. And than, you can leave it in your fridge four. for a week or two weeks, mm -hmm. and it'll still be good. Versus mm -hmm. the growler, which is like, yeah, that's going to go flat real quick. Yeah, the the de the degradation of a crawler is exponentially smaller than a growler. Like I, I run tests. I kind of run personal tests all the time for myself, just out of curiosity of of how I'm filling them and how they're tasting. And I will sit, I will have crawlers sit in my fridge anywhere from two to eighteen days. And there are times when I've had some at eighteen days, and I was like, oh, that's not very good. That didn't that didn't go well. That went bad. But I've had ones at fifteen days, and I was like, whoa. This is surprisingly still pretty good. Sure, some has fallen off, but this is still solid. I would love us to see that train. I would love that transition to continue. The one thing you mentioned, and we'll, we're going to switch to beer of the week here in a moment. And by the way, we are drinking some beer right now. I yeah. uh, I got the Sonen Grown number two from Bale Breaker, which I had yet to have. You had it already. Um, it is uh, It is quite good. It is very... Um, if I can steal a very generic beer term, it's very dank. <laughs> It's got a it's got a good hop character to it. I enjoy it. Yeah, the malt character's pretty pronounced too, in my opinion. I think I think it's quite there. It's a little touch sweet for me. Um, well, there's the malt, right? Yeah. But uh, yeah, here we go. These guys keep doing this stuff. I, I love this concept. This can looks cool. It's like a little darker green than the last one. The last one was like a faded, like it almost looked like an old newspaper. Mm -hmm. And then this one is the same thing, but just kind of a little little darker color scheme. Looks good. Uh, so the, the looks like the Portland Timbers, to be honest. Yeah, kind of does. Yeah, a little darker. Um, 
my, my final thought was, so you say people will go away from bars to sell, sell their beer. Does that have a negative effect on the, the bars and the tap well, rooms? Well, I don't, I don't think they'll go away. I, don't, I, I, didn't, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to uh, imply that. I don't think they'll go away. I think we just need to keep looking at way, like not relying on it, like finding more ways to push beer outside of our doors. And the packaging thing, too, what, it, what is the number one what is the number one industry right now in America outside of like healthcare? Who is doing the best in this capitalistic market right now? Right now, grocery stores. Grocery stores. Yeah. This is it. You got to get your now. Now it goes against everything we've talked about in the past, like the tiers of where you are and knowing your place in the size. When when everything shuts down, what's the only place open? Grocery stores. Yep. Plaid pantries. Get your beer in there. I mean, but then does it become saturated there as well? And does it just, <clears throat> you know, compound on top of each other and become, you know, just a whole nother mess again? But I mean, I think we're seeing in a, in a times of a pandemic, and I don't know, Mike, outside of like war, what we will see in our lifetime more scary or impactful than a global, you know, viral pandemic. Hopefully not another global viral pandemic. Yeah, I mean, like, so, <clears throat> excuse me, if we see that, you know, then we kind of have the ground, the ground, the ground plan for what we as a society do. And especially at this state, what this state does in terms, you know, when when this time of crisis happens and to keep yourself going, you're going to have to adapt to that. It's a very, very weird time. Um, I know we don't have a lot of answers for what we talked about there, but I just wanted to open the conversation of, of what's going to happen in the future, because it's interesting. Mm -hmm. It's scary. But it is interesting. I feel a little profound right now. Yeah, we'll have some more uh, release number two, and that'll that'll slowly <laughs> fade as that uh, as that enters your brain. Yeah, I don't know. I, it, it's it's so funny. This one of the things why I love doing this podcast with you is is when we get on topics like this where you know it feels a little more like Q and A, like you're asking for my opinion. I didn't really. We talked about last night doing this, but I didn't really form any ideas. Well, it's because there's really no answers, right? Right. So I'm just kind of. Thinking out loud, and I don't know. That's really fun. I well, appreciate that. I hope I hope we get back sooner rather than later, as long as it's safe to do so, mm -hmm. because uh, we're all bored. <laughs> I mean, I'm not bored. Well, I mean, okay. I'm oh, no, I'm bored. I'm bored. I'm working, too. But um, Getting home on a Friday night at 930 is not awesome. Especially in your lifestyle? It's not. A, well, it is awesome. I mean, it's really rad to get out of work at 930 and, like, shops closed up, and you're like, all right. Did all my admin work? Places locked up. Money's taken care of. Go home and go home and go home. Go home. <laughs> <laughs> um, so hopefully, for the sanity of all of us, this will be over sooner rather than later, and we can get back to breweries and bars and get back to enjoying our lives. But I do wonder that I because I kind of mentioned this to you last night a little bit. I do wonder if this will change people's hours. I don't think so. I do wonder if people, like, maybe not bars per se, but I do wonder if, like, some breweries are not open till 11 o'clock at night. I don't think so, because a lot of people are out and about at that point at night, you know, yeah. especially on the weekends. Maybe maybe they change it weekday nights or something. Right. But, you know, for for someone like me who will sometimes work late, it's nice to be able to go, oh, this place is open till 11 and I can still go out there if I get off work at, like, 9 or 9.30 right. instead of everything being closed. Um, but you know, it might, it might do that. You know, they, they can look at that and say, that's a way to save some money and be closed a little bit earlier. I mean, I guess they're losing money by not being open, but saving paying people. Um, yeah. So I could, I could see that happening. I just, maybe I don't want it to happen. So I'm just yeah. like, nah, no, 
Nah, I don't mind p- things being open until 11. All right, let's get to uh, Beer of the Week next here on Beers and Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Beer of the Week time here on Beers and Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris here in Nevada Pale Ale. I watched a little uh, Matrix yesterday. I know I was with you. Right, but I watched the first Matrix. <laughs> the first Matrix was on earlier, oh, and okay. then Matrix Reloaded came on next, and that was when you, you okay. walked in. So I watched the good one, and then I watched the bad one. We were learning about Triscuits. We were learning about Triscuits, and we asked the question of whether or not Trinity, there was three of her or something. Right. But why is she Trinity? What does the three mean? We don't know what, what, what it actually it's is. It's got to be a Jesus thing, man. It might be. It's got to be. The Holy Trinity if he is if he is the the one if he is the one then she is the holy trinity okay the father the son and the holy ghost which are all portrayed to be men but they got a smoking hot chick to play it i dig that it's like Alanis Morissette in dogma playing god yeah i was like nice move guys <laughs> nice move so the beer of the week is one that i've never seen before and Me i neither. don't know if it's a hazy and it nope, is not good. it is not a hazy when the bubbles start, you're like, uh-oh, is it a hazy? No, it's not a hazy. I have not seen this before, and I was at John's Marketplace today, and they said it was basically brand new into the store. They've only had it for a couple of days. This is the Vega IPA series by Ecliptic Brewing. It is their experimental IPA series. The can says, Vega IPA is an experimental hop playground for our curious and creative brewers to continuously source new and unique hops, exploring the boundaries of the IPA style. The result is a fresh and distinctly different IPA with each new release. It then says, look at the bottom for the hops, and it is Vic's Secret Strata Galaxy, at least according to the bottom. Um, I'm looking at this on their website. And a tropical twist on a modern style IPA with hop notes of grapefruit, pineapple, mango, melon, and passion fruit. That's the Vic's Secret with all the... Featuring Vic's Secret, Strata, Galaxy, Mosaic, and Amarillo hops, Pale Malt, and her house ale yeast, IBUs 45, ABV 6.5. I think I've had some of these before at the pub because <clears throat> I don't I don't go to ecliptic a whole lot but I do try to get in there every once in a while I mean it's you know kind of in my hood it's a little south of where I live but I'm on the Mississippi strip pretty frequently so I get in there from time to time and I think I've had some of these beers but I haven't seen any of them in package and when you think about an IPA series generally those get packaged by by places because they're like hey we're gonna you know let you kind of follow along with us right but I do wonder. I mean, they've got a really nice canning line over there. Like, that's one thing that's going to keep them going through all this, is they can just package everything. Yeah, and I've noticed they put some more unique stuff out in their Mm -hmm. small cans. I wonder if this was the plan all along, or if this was an audible. It might be an audible, right? Maybe they brewed this in the tap room, and they're like, hey, let's put this out. Yeah, or or like, or I mean like, ooh, we might not have a tap room open. We should probably put this in cans. Mm. Or maybe it was their plan. I don't know. Well, if it's number six, then I haven't seen this, and for both of us to have not seen it, it's definitely new. It's definitely new. I've definitely never seen it in cans, but I'm pretty sure I've seen the Vega. I've had some of the previous Vega series, because according to the website, I believe this is number six, so I believe I've had some of the previous batches at the tap room. If you have had it, let us know. Social media, Instagram.com slash beers on us. Just shoot, shoot us a DM if you've had any of these. Uh, this is very dank. I've had a couple of sips already. I'm going to use the word again because it just fits. It's one of those, like... I'm not getting a ton of the like tropically fruits because it's is a lot of bitterness at the end. It really punches you at the end. It's like, hey, 
<laughs> I'm a West Coast IPA. I and, like this. Uh, I, I knew you would. Yeah. Once the bitter dry end hit, I was like, oh, Patrick's going to like this beer. <laughs> yeah, I like this a lot. I like it a lot more than that that Sonengrown. Yeah, I do too, actually. Um, not to say that one was bad, but this is better. And um, yeah, I don't, I just, they, they say all these tropical fruits and I'm just kind of like, I don't know. I just get a lot of bitterness at the end, which is, you know, hoppy and it's good for a West Coast IPA, but I'm, I'm having a hard time finding the pineapple and the mango and the guava and all the other tropical fruits. I get some tropical aspects to it. <clears throat> it's it might not be like over the top really kind of screaming at you but i like this beer a lot i think this beer is cool the body is really nice it's not overly sweet yeah the dry lingering bitterness is definitely something that talks to me um i don't know if this beer is really good or if i'm just excited to not drink break sign <laughs> i think this beer is solid i think this beer is solid too okay. i don't know what else to say about it because like you're saying you're finding some of the tropicals and I took another sip while you were saying that. And I was like, I don't know. It's not really on the nose for me. Sometimes you get the fruitiness on the nose when you take these sips. And then I took the first sip and it's like, you said the good body. And I was like, oh yeah, you're right. It does have a nice smooth body in the middle of it and very dry. And like the front end, there is some fruitiness, but I'm just trying to figure out like that. Is it really what they're describing? I also think, you know, I I think all those tropical terms are so... I think it's it's dangerous to use them, and I think they're overplayed. I think there's a lot of placebo effect in some of them when you're like, I get hints of passion fruit. And you're like, you know, how how much passion fruit have you eaten in your life? Because I've never had a passion fruit in my entire life. Yeah, how do you know what it how is? How do right? I know what that is? You know, and someone says tropical, and you're like, ooh, is like suntan lotion tropical? <laughs> or is like the sand tropical or salty water tropical? I just, yeah. I think there's a lot of, you know, we created, you know, somebody created this, the, these terms to describe how beers taste. And I think now there's such, they're more like key words to get you to buy them than actual tasting notes sometimes. Not to say that this is doing that, but it was just a, a larger thought I had. Buzzwords. Buzzwords. Yeah. Um, great term. I think the word I'm going to use to describe it on the front is bright. Very bright. I don't know what flavors I'm tasting. I'm not really getting a lot of tropical, but it's very bright. It leads to a, a smooth middle and a very dry, bitter end. Mm -hmm. So it's a, in my opinion, although it's using Vic Strata, so not exactly classic West Coast IPA, it's a pretty classic West Coast IPA and kind of what I'm tasting here. Yeah, I mean, I love that Strata hop. We've been talking, I've been talking about this hop for a while. You know, Galaxy is clearly the, like, the hop bed hop, yep. you know, that everybody's using well, these so is Vic Secret. Everyone's using Vic Secret, uh, you which know, I know you're not a huge fan of that one, right? No, I'm not. But then there's, you know, and they're using Mosaic and Amarillo in it, and I'm sure those are some kind of, like, bittering and you know, kind of body hops that they're using for that. I, I think this beer is cool. 10 out of 10 would drink again. All right. Well, that is our beer of the week. It is the Vega IPA series from Ecliptic. Do you uh, think they'll ever run out of like space no. references? No, of course no? not. Okay. I mean, they might get to a point where they're naming their beers like Blade Runner 2020. I was that was the opposite of where I was going. I was going like a. I just instantly started thinking of sci-fi movies. I was like a nine three two B X IPA. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For the random names of stars that are in different galaxies or whatever. But um, John Harris buys a star, calls it John Harris. Yeah, exactly. John Harris IPA. John Harris IPA <laughs> buys another star, calls it Ecliptic Brewing. Ecliptic Brewing IPA. It just works, right? And he does one of those little programs where you get the little sheet. Like, look, yeah, I yeah. I bought a star. I for bought you, a honey. star. Yeah. You bought a star? How much was it? 
Three payment payments of twenty nine ninety nine <laughs> plus shipping and handling. What did they ship you? <laughs> <laughs> well, this piece of paper it proves that I bought the star. Well, what other proof is there? Stars up there. Who else is buying it? Aliens. <laughs> United States Come government on. steps in. Mike Lynch. I'm going to have to confiscate your star. We'll we'll it offer is the future Earth. <laughs> we'll offer you four payments of thirty nine ninety nine plus shipping and handling for the star, please and thank you. And you're like, what? No, you want the star? You're giving me $25,000. They said, no, we're not. <laughs> we're the U.S. government. Um, yeah, that'd be, that'd, it'd be funny to see if they ever ran out of those, but they're not going to. Yeah, that's true. No. Um, but yeah, that's our beer of the week. All right, so coming up next week, I'm going to set it up. Uh, it's not for sure yet, but uh, one of the guys who runs Brewery 26, which is a brand new brewery that had opened up like a week before the shutdown, uh, emailed me yesterday and kind of told the story. And it's an interesting story. And they've actually been having some success despite being a brand new brewery. I'm fascinated by this. Me I'm too. Fascinated so, by uh, it. So thank you to Keith for reaching out an email. And uh, we will likely have to, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll likely get to that next week on the podcast. We'll set it up. We'll figure out a time to do it. If it, if it doesn't work next week, we'll do it in the next couple of weeks. But, um, We'll talk to them and see, hear their story and see what they've been going through. And uh, hell, if you work for a brewery right now and you are doing something cool or you're doing something for the community, let us know and we'll pub it or we'll bring you on and you can pub it yourself. Uh, just again, Instagram.com slash beers on us is how you can reach us. Subscribe, rate, review wherever you find us and have a very good rest of your week. Stay safe out there. Stay strong. We love you. And we'll see you next week. Traces. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.